Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 72 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this minute is going to start out with a little bit more slow motion action from uh, uh, the, the very famous sesame seed that we, that we were talking about yesterday. And a little bit more of, of uh, Iris West in her car. The minute's going to end with a little bit more slow-mo action of a uh, close-up on Barry reaching out for what appears to be a suspended hot dog. <laughs> Yes, we've moved from glorious sesame seed to glorious hot dog. We're in the food section. If you're not hung, if you're not racing to the concession stand by now because those those cute little drawings are on the screen and they're dancing and you got the popcorn and the Hershey's bar and the drink and they're like, get, come on and uh, come to the concession stand. What's the song? That's not anyway. the, Let's all go to the lobby. That's the there song. You go. There you go. They did it in the Grease movie. Um, they did so a lot of we movies. Got, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of food in this minute. There's a lot of food happening here, which is very fitting for uh, the character of the Flash. I would feel <laughs> yes. A lot of this um, is very fitting for the character in a lot of in a lot of ways. And there's there's a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if you would call them tropes, but uh, instances, character. Um, uh, uh, features or character traits of uh, certain characters in movies revolving food and you know characters eating on film and stuff i enjoy that a lot um i don't really care to watch food network television and seeing those people eat the food because that makes me mad i I want to i want to eat that nice food but actors eating on screen love it I like Give me more of it. how later in the movie he's actually eating when he's talking to Aquaman in the Batcave. Yeah, um, and then the pizza when he's walking out of his own yeah, place that with too, Batman. Yeah, that too, yeah. Um, but I, I like that. I like, you know, it's just Barry Allen, the way he's, he seems like the kid, the young kid of the group, and then he's always eating. Um, it's really a nice touch. And everything they do in this minute, uh, first of all, I didn't know this minute was going to have almost all the... Uh, iconic parts of of this uh action sequence but it is iconic like every little detail that happens in here um which we'll get into in a moment but the other thing i totally forgot about is we get a needle drop again in this Mm -hmm. minute which um you know every time i see the movie i I almost kind of forget it and it's the first track on the soundtrack for for this really yeah the opening song for Zack snyder's justice league by junkie xl is this song, which isn't by Junkie XL, it's by uh, Rose Betts, which is a cover of a cover. Um, and Rose Betts, she is verified on Spotify, but she only has a few singles to her uh, profile. Uh, she's a British singer-songwriter, um, and just kind of like thinking, like in the same vein as Alison Crow, it seems like this is someone that Zack Snyder knows, and was just kind of like, yeah, I would love to hear her do a cover. Voice. Yeah. yeah, just like Alison Crow did a cover of Hallelujah, and she did a, a you know not Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, but a different song, Ring of Fire. Alison Crow did that for Man of Steel in the bar with Ludlow, and uh, so Rose Betts is doing a cover of Song to the Siren. You can listen to it. It's the only wait. Let me double check here because I don't know if it really is, but I wanted to say it was the only song uh like studio song that was on the soundtrack but i hmm. could be wrong let me make sure no yeah allison crow's hallelujah is at the very end so they put rose okay. Betts' song of the siren at the beginning and Bookended. then they put yeah hallelujah by allison crow at the very end which is great i think and just even thinking about like the way that those two songs would bookend a story about heroes that's mm-hmm. That's poetry in itself right there. That's, again, seeing things where people take time, someone composed that soundtrack and was like, no, this song has to go for it. That's another thing we yes. get to talk about extensively on the radio and stuff of, yes. of how albums are 
you know, put together and everything and what song they choose to put first and all that jazz. You do that as well with like your own playlist, right? When you're making playlists, you're like, do you ever kind of like vet it and you're like, this song should play before this? No, because when I listen to my playlists, Mm -hmm. my playlists are always on shuffle. Okay. Albums I listen to top to bottom. Yeah. But you understand the importance of the arrangement. I understand the importance. If there are songs that are meant to be played together or back to back, Mm -hmm. I would put those on the playlist together. But it would be like one of the things where like I would hear the song. It's most likely I would hear the second song and be like, oh, well, I want to listen to the first part that plays into this to hear all of this. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, yes, we we talk a lot about arranging yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I do it, like when I make playlists, especially when I'm listening to a playlist. I kind of set it up to if I were to listen to my playlist top to bottom, how would I kind of uh, orchestrate the the momentum of the song? Especially my playlists if are too big. I have two. There's I'm one of those yeah, guys where it's like they used to like, be for like me five playlists, and it's like these are like the five moods that I know mm-hmm. to listen to music to. That's kind of like what we did with with Doom Patrol Radio too. Is our intros and outros? We kind of like okay, is this is an opening song, yeah, and then this is a closing song, and how that kind of fits into the episode of the show. Like talking about it that way mm-hmm. is fantastic. Um, um, so still sticking w- w- while we're still here on this music bit. Oh yeah, I have so it? many more notes okay, about okay, it. Okay. So go go for it. So the first bit that I want to to discuss is the needle drop itself in this minute alone. Um, this is another uh, one of those minutes that we get um, this, this, this godlike entrance of our heroes um, showing their, uh, y- y- you know, iconic um, stuff, whatever features, things that they do, stuff that we know them for, and just being these, uh, uh, you know, godlike figures um, mm-hmm. to men. The Flash here doing this one, I know I say everything's my favorite every week, but honestly, I do think that Flash's entrance in this is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I loved, I love, love, love the Aquaman entrance with that song, or the exit, sorry, with that song. And it's, you know, that's a summoning, that's a song of summons kind of thing. That's just, that's fairy tale. That's, that's mythology right there. With this Flash, the needle drop kind of gives me more of a feeling behind what I'm seeing. The fact that this car crash was happening and it was very loud in yesterday's minute, very loud and very, you know, uh, uh, abrupt. All these yeah. things just like Violent. happening at once very quick. Yeah. Um, and then it all stopping and that quiet piano coming in. First, you hear the electricity as he turns 180 and the shoes fly off. Great sound bit. That yeah. is so incredible. But that electricity and, like, the ripping sound into the quiet piano of, like, what we're looking at outside this window of just, like, this, this destruction, this chaos, this, this terrible car accident. And it's like, oh, my God, this is bad. This car is flipping. The back end of that thing is crunched. The whole front end of the car is crunched. And you hear this very sweet, quiet piano music. And this God just going full force with all this lightning behind him tearing through this glass with such grace it's just perfect it really is something that i thought that i would never see when i would look at a flash or or any any story about the flash you know he's in this bright red costume there's lightning all over him he's running through the city he's jumping over buildings he's running on top of helicopter blades you know he's 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 vibrating a plane through a bridge it's these big feats of amazement that flash can do and yet here i'm seeing this 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 god i'm seeing mercury like be so gentle with these humans and everything around him is so fragile and they make a point to make everything so careful he's so careful the song is so careful and it's and it's clean and it's 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 quiet it's just like it's perfect, and I'm gushing now, but gushing. No, you're... Gushing? <laughs> I can't. Gushing. Okay. It's probably pissed off a lot of people with that one. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's such a smart idea to slow things down, and I know this is a movie that gets a lot of flack for slow motion, but 
we have to defend it because I think it's the right choice. And, and yes, it might be one of those things where like, yeah, there's a lot of slow motion. Maybe some slow motion parts are not needed, but we're also dealing with a speedster. So a lot of things yeah. have to be in slow motion. I think all of the flash parts in slow motion get a pass. Yeah. This is one of those moments. You know, we've seen speedsters in other media, other TV shows, other movies. And in this scenario, this handles the introduction of a speedster who's not like the main character, you know, not doing an origin story or anything like that. You're introducing a speedster into a team-up film. I think this one handles it really well in introducing who the character is outside of the costume. And then when action is needed for the speedster to do his thing, basically, they slow things down and they make it a a piece of action that, that has value to it. And this song, what's happening here, it is a definition of the character, much like Aquaman and his scene in Iceland and Wonder Woman with her scene at the um, the Justice Building, uh, the criminal court uh, courthouse. So all these things kind of represent the character. And even Batman in Dawn of Justice, like his introduction, that's not his movie. It's not an origin movie. But we introduce Batman with him, you know, branding that sex trafficker and cops from their point of view of what Batman is. It wasn't from his point of view. So it's really nice that, you know, Zack Snyder is able to visualize how you introduce a superhero into the mix that, you know, how do we take value in, in what they can do? And the song, like you said, is a really nice choice because it really slows things down and also makes you feel how the scene should feel. And I want to talk a little bit about the lyrics of the music here real quick because um, the song was originally done by Tim Buckley, I want to say around the 70s. He died really young, so I'm assuming um, he wrote this kind of close to the time of his passing. Um, but he died in 1975. He was only 28 years old. Um, but he did a lot of... He started with kind of like a folk music career, and then he started going into jazz fusion, psychedelic rock kind of um, stuff. And he wrote this song here, a song to the siren, um, and then in the eighties, this mortal coil, I don't know if you're familiar with that band, yes. but it's like a music collective where it has kind of like an all-star group of, of, uh, musicians, um, the Cocteau twins, mm-hmm. uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Frazier, right? Yeah. Elizabeth Frazier and Robin Guthrie. Um, the Cocteau twins basically did a cover song to the siren for this mortal coil on their debut album for that uh music collective which is really cool i kind of implore people to check out the the this mortal coil cover as well because it uses a david lynch film lost highway as the Mm. music video so it's actually really really cool to check out so it's a perfect kind of 80s music video it looks really neat um but song to the siren the way the music starts in this minute is it starts with like the very beginning so the kind of like the first um what is it called stents like the first uh paragraph Bar? yeah but stents yeah yeah it's like, stenza call, yeah, or something or like let's, that. it's a poem yeah yeah uh it's it says long afloat on shipless oceans i did all my best to smile till your singing eyes and fingers drew me loving to your isle so What's going on here, like to break it down, what's happening in the song and then how it relates to the minute and to Flash really, is you're thinking about like being alone. All of this is about how you're feeling alone and the song kind of expresses that absence of no one else in your ocean. Like you have, you don't see anyone else until you see this person. Then you feel like you belong somewhere. And so for Flash's case, this is a Barry Allen who... He knows he has these powers. He's not part of a Justice League or anything. He kind of lives by himself. And uh, he's studying criminal. Um, he's studying criminology so he can kind of help his dad out of prison. And so by feeling alone, then he sees Iris West. And there's some sort of attraction, a connection that he doesn't understand, but he believes in it. Especially in this moment, you kind of get all that. And even the minutes before that we talked about. And then thinking of it on a more macro level for the Justice League, everything about this movie is about 
how you're not alone, especially with Ray Fisher's cyborg character really bringing this team together. What cyborg goes through and what he says at, by the end of the film is what this song represents. Like I felt alone for a very long time until you showed up. And that applies to cyborg. It applies to flash here in this moment. It applies the to the entire Batman. movie. It's why it's the start of the song on the soundtrack. And it's Batman it, search. What do you mean? Yes. Batman bringing them all together. Superman from man of steel being the last son of Krypton, like truly alone after killing general Zod, like, the Justice League, and then you take it even further outside the movie and you apply it to Autumn Snyder. You apply it to, you know, the American Society of uh, Preventing Suicide. Like, you are not alone. Like, I know it feels that way, but you're not, and we're here it's to not help the you. only mention of that in this movie as well. There's a yeah. big stinking billboard. Yeah, Not they put stinking. the billboard. There's a big, there's we a big proud the billboard. billboard. Yeah. They had that billboard. That billboard. Uh, we were on I four when you were helping me move. I saw that billboard, and I even pointed at. It, and this was before this movie had come out. Mm-hmm. And I remember pointing at that billboard, going, "That says you are not alone." And it says, "The American uh, Prevention of Suicide or American Foundation for Suicide Prevention." And I remember looking at that and being like, "That." is what we've been supporting that organization and it saying you are not alone reminded me of man of steel man of steel what general mm-hmm. zod says and i was like is that it's and, and then it's i said tied in and i dismissed it, it. i was like no nah. and then sense. when i saw in this movie i was like it is it totally was um i've never seen a release of snyder cut billboard or anything but if i had that would be like wow that's actually really that's really interesting I've only seen kind of like that fandom through the internet and Mm -hmm. I wish I could, you know, that's as close I got to ever seeing something in person, but that was impressive. So yeah, this whole, and that's why the movie or the movie soundtrack starts that way with song to the siren. Now it makes sense where it's like everyone feels alone until you find each other. And it's so important. It's amazing. I really do like that. Um, the you know, kind of like how he starts his speedster powers, where he does kind of like this spin and like mm-hmm. the shoes kind of break. Uh, this was probably one of the first things we ever saw about you know this scene not existing. Yeah. Um, Iris West like was not in that original version. And I remember seeing this part. We talked about it yesterday, how it looked all kind of like surreal and dated. Um, not dated, but like in a good way, just look kind of had this avant-garde Surrealism. aesthetic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I remember the motion, there the pre-visual, pre-visualization for this clip here. It, it had the ground uh, kind of turning with him. And I thought that looked like a piece of surrealism art, just the way he was his feet were turning, but it wasn't, it wasn't a complete visual effect. So like the shoes were breaking and then the ground was kind of warping underneath him and it just kind of looked all trippy and cool. Like, but, um, this is a, this is a really cool shot. I think this is, this kind of like embodies his transformation from Barry Allen into the flash. It's something as me personally, as a Flash fan, and just I think as a fan in general, when you when you get to a certain level of of appreciating physics behind characters like the Flash, and when you read enough, when when you know even even Barry's speech bubbles sometimes are are talking about his own physics and and things that like he can't do or can do and all that jazz. There's little things that you really wish to see, and this is one of them this whole scene is is one of them there's there's three distinct things that happen in this scene that's like yes i needed to see that for my own self to just kind of if you want set in stone that this character is barry the flash barry allen the flash and that the people writing and 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 coming up with the idea to to put this on screen they understand it and it's a comforting feeling so when I see the Flash in, in normal clothes and he uses his powers, 
I'm giving it a pass if all his clothes are intact because whatever, it's a comic book or it's a cartoon, whatever, you know, you just, you don't question it. But when you, when you take the extra mile and you say, no, no, that guy's shoes are going to rip off. You know that, right? And you're like, yes, I do know that. I absolutely know that because it's been explained to me because I've seen it because I've just that's just the exact motion of what is happening when Flash is in regular shoes. And if he were to use a speed force, his shoes would burn off. There's, you know, silly things in in cartoon and in other media where like if someone was going really fast, whatever, their shoes are just left with some like smoke coming out of it or whatever. That's fun. Um there was a book when we were kids called Maniac McGee. I'm pretty sure they made it into a Nickelodeon movie uh, mm-hmm, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Maniac McGee had something about his shoes, uh, running out of his shoes and like them burning up and him having to get a whole new pair of shoes. That's not what the story was about, please. That story had a lot bigger issues. Um, but anyway, things like that where it's like you're, you're taking the physics of what we know as established as this character and implementing them, that makes me believe even more so that one you know the characters two you're taking time and 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 you're doing your homework to to show these types of things and three you care you know if if Mm -hmm. if you didn't care it would just be flash running through the glass or in a bolt of lightning and do it as a quick shot of just like you know like have 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 it there and she's saved and he's gone and it's like okay no one's any the wiser no 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 we need to we need to paint this picture. This is a mural. This is a god saving a mortal. This is this is supposed to be <laughs> extravagant, you know? And um yeah, just these shoes ripping off and the glass that's just like bending in front of him and 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 the asphalt that rips up as he as he stops. All those things are just like yes, that makes complete sense for this character of the Flash. I think it's the little details and, and the attention that they get. Things like the shoes blowing up and the glass pane breaking and then him sliding on the concrete as he tries to stop in place but not stop the, you know, the motion of time. Uh, because we've seen that. We see what, what it looks like when he stops in real time and he's back to the speed of humans, you know. And... Here he's actually sliding on the asphalt and he's stopping himself, but time is still stopped in relation to to how he wants it. Uh, So he's still conserving a huge amount of energy. And it's the little details like that that create what is Zack Snyder's Justice League and not no other director if they were introducing a speedster, even if it, you know, a team up movie or not, if they're introducing the speedster in this kind of regard, like, oh, okay, so there's going to be an accident with Iris West or someone, someone important. We're going to, we're going to take an, a human object and make them the center of peril. And the flash is going to come in and save them. And we're all going to go, yay, the flash is here. He's shown up. This is still that moment, but only Zack Snyder could have done it in this fashion. Anyone else, most people, would have the person in peril and no sign of Flash until it's just kind of like in real time. Like I saved yeah. you and be like, okay, now I say quippy one-liner because I need you to remember that I'm an awkward person. And then people go, yeah, he, he came, he showed up, he said the one-liner, and now we know it's Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. Where this is like, okay, but let's not skip over what the flash is doing yes it it, he has moved very fast and he's gotten from point a to point b but you're forgetting the beauty of how he gets from point a to point b that's important i know you want to make it quick and sudden but you're missing that and then adversely like later on in the movie we do see what it's like if we were to just go from a to b really quickly and what Mm -hmm. that looks like and even then Zack Snyder does it in a very interesting way where he doesn't even you know get ready to move that fast he just does and it's incredible I can't wait to talk about that part again but yeah it's this whole minute is like enjoy it enjoy what what is going on here especially what this character can do and what it means when this character does do it it's it's more than that it's like it's more than just him saving iris west it's how he's saving her that matters and why Mm -hmm. especially with this song 
all those things have to come in play, especially for, you know, a character people have been waiting to see on screen for so long and what this character means and, and, and to, to live on past just its release, you know, the film's release. People are going to be talking about this for a while. It's important that we take every little detail um, so that we can remember this character in this way. Uh, the other really kind of cool cinematic thing that they do for the Flash in this movie is when he's stepping out of the Essential Bark store and he's kind of like starting to slow down his movement, but he's trying to hurry up towards her. And mm-hmm. you see all this lightning uh, webbing off of him. What they've done on the street here is they have all these uh, lights on the floor aimed at him and they kind of blink. a flash button. Yeah, and they kind of, mm-hmm. they, all these strobe lights and they just yeah. flash at him. So all the light that you see reflecting off of him is coming from those strobe lights. So that is real lighting on the character. It's incredible. And it's then really incredible. They, they put in the, uh, the lightning. So, yeah. That's so awesome. It really is. Um, another thing that I love about this and, and just this character and, and Ezra Miller's flash is his mannerisms and the yeah. way that he is running out of Central Park and, and he is like tiptoeing. I mean, like he's in his bare feet. There's glass around him. Obviously, he's probably not hitting the glass or whatever or is, you know, melting instantly under his feet. That's a cool thing to think about. Um, but like how he's not just like in that proper form of like you know knife hand knife hand down to my side and knees up to my chest kind of thing he's not yeah. like Pew! he didn't shoot his ring out and like jump there wasn't a you know cool crazy shot of him like suiting up and and being that heroic asterisk asterisk means campy um they do this thing where he is still this 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 character that is unsure of how he fits in and what we're seeing right now is is pure instinct for him and him running and not caring or paying attention to who or what is around him and it's just like danger go i just i i love how he's just like so cautious still looking up at the situation as he's just swiftly running on his tiptoes through the sidewalk like yeah it just looks great i mean it's not anything too drawn out he doesn't look like no like crazy super macho i gotta run i gotta run and and do the flash thing you know what i mean yeah it's like this this very lovable enjoyable character light-hearted that i can relate to on so many levels of just like the awkwardness the 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 weirdness the the unsure the the determination and like the focus that he's doing right now in just this moment of of the accident it just looks great i mean it's important it, yeah. it really is it it looks great everything about how they made the flash look in this movie i am 100% on board yeah i will say i will admit i'm not proud of it I was weary when, you know, years ago, me not thinking, oh, well, why isn't he blonde? You know, that kind of stupid bullcrap that you think about of, of how the live-action character relates to the, the character that is on, on the pages. That, that idea is, is, has been in the trash. We threw that out years ago. So now where I'm at this point, Ezra Miller's Flash is top tier. Yeah. It really is. I, I think the the mannerisms, like you said, are important. I think how he's running towards her is something that they've thought about. And I'm I'm not saying that his mannerisms are perfect, like something that I would think of. I just think it's great that they thought of how that character would run out. And I think most people wouldn't. I think most people just kind of think like, okay, well, Speedster, speedster going from point A to point B again, like we just need it to happen and we just need it to be minimal and, and to, you know, we can make a cool blur effect. I think that's the thing people always think about is like, okay, well, when we see a speedster on screen, how cool is it going to look when he runs? Yeah. And that's all they think about is like, how cool will it look? And people always go, okay, well, it's the streak effect. Well, it's like, 
is this. And they always think that they think they're thinking outside the box when they think of those things. Yeah. But they never think of it in terms like that. Well, like, what about how awkward he is? And they're like, what do you mean how awkward this pizza is? It's supposed to be cool. And it's like, that's where you fail because you keep thinking that your thought, like your the way that you think a speedster is going to show up on on cinema, is the coolest way, and that's your first thought, and that's why you fail because mm-hmm. they had to go. Would you run like this? What about like if this was in real time? How would you run towards a person and slow down? Like all these little things, and who his personality is, and what it means to be who he is for how long he's been doing it. This is what they came up with, and it's perfect. It's brilliant. What it's they hit him with for, was yeah. was was the straight up Star Trek mentality of of a dilithium chamber. You know, the space moves around the ship, not not ship through space. It's 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 all these things. It's it's not. Let's put a blur effect on him to make him look cool. It's like no 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 no. Let him be normal, and the space around him. We are going to animate that to make it show speed. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? You make him stop moving. You yeah. show a bunch of lightning hitting the ground and all around and emanating from this speedster character. You break glass and show that breaking and, and, and shattering yeah. in a slow motion way. There's little tricks to like things that are moving in the background and objects that you can that you can have and, and create this effect of, you know, exactly what they did yeah. here. The space around him is what's slowing down, not him being blur or or faster to the human eye or anything of the such you gotta embrace the slow motion i know you want to critique Zack snyder on all these slow motion stuff but you have like if you want a speedster to like excel on the screen you've got to slow it down you've got to embrace the slow motion you've got to embrace the comic book uh source material i'm not saying like oh it has to be comic book accurate but take influence in how wacky comic books have been like comic books are weird they're full of weird stuff especially during the 80s you have to get into it you have to you have now's to. the perfect time now's the perfect time because when you slow things down then you can get these cool comic book-esque shots in it and we got the we got the technology to do all this stuff now let's 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 hit them big go big or yeah. go home one more point i want to i feel like i feel like they told ezra like in this way of how he runs it's like you like you need to like run as if you're barefoot on wet floor, and it's like you got to run and like stop a, stop at a point three feet in front of you. So like you don't have that much of a runway, but you have to get from here to here in like three seconds on wet floor in your bare feet. Just sh- try to show how careful you're being. Yeah, it's almost like he's he's trying not to run too fast. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's all he's in complete control of the situation right now. I mean, yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. Just gets uh, awestruck by the sheer sight of Iris West. Yeah, who is also uh, here doing something practical, which is being in midair like that. Iris West is, uh, or Kiersey Clemens to be specific, she's <laughs> on a kind of like the same arm that they will use later for Ezra Miller when he's fighting Superman. Spoiler alert. Um, but uh, Kiersey is also attached to a green screen arm that is holding her up, at, you know, on the stage right now. And they can rotate it, they can move her however they need to, but she's connected by the waist on that arm. And then so she's actually there. It's not just like a visual effect uh, Kirstie that they put into the film. She's actually there. And this is another instance of uh, some things are slowed down once they're shot into slow motion. And then some things are people acting in slow motion. And that's what's happening here is these actors are just acting in slow motion. And I think when you do it like that, then that's when I'm really like, okay, that's the good stuff. That's that's when I think Zack Snyder is like, okay, this this slow motion gets a pass because it's slow motion by design, which we've yes, talked about a lot. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Slow motion by design. Key phrase that we use here. Yeah. Um, I think it's excellent. Um, I, I, have, I have one more bit of information. Yeah, go for it. You got, but I'll, I'll share mine and then we can, you know. Compare move notes. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Another thing to to that that is drawn to our eyes um, 
inherently through this minute is the flash that or the flash the watch that barry uh is is wearing is a calculator watch yeah it's pretty cool this is the uh this is the casio uh data bank uh ca53 wf-8b um i don't know a thing about watches i'm gonna be i know a thing about casios that's the thing i know casio watches i could pick out a casio you know a casio from a mile away it's yeah but why why are casios so is it versatile they were the most uh they were they were the most um they seem uh, popular now affordable well yeah now it's the nostalgic aspect of them oh really and yeah and i think also i don't really know that much of watch fashion but i think um the the band I don't know what it's called. Yeah, Whatever. the watch the band. band. Yeah. yeah, the watch band. I think there's uh, that like silver link is is a is popular again now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there was a time where it wasn't, and everything was like you know leather strap and every, all that jazz and everything. But I think the silver link is coming back. So naturally, Casio is just making you know hand over fist right now on Amazon. They're freaking like twenty dollars so. watches, Cassio- and it's like, and it's a decent watch. They're great. I see it everywhere now. I see the Casio watches everywhere, and I, I didn't know if, you know, why that was becoming a thing again. I kind of noticed it and just kind of like ignored it. Um, so now that you bring it up, and I'm looking at this one, obviously my first thought was, oh, this is an older watch. But now you tell me, is this a modern day watch he's wearing? Is this a no? I think it's still a of the time uh casio i think it was yeah i i would assume knowing from other things that that barry has you know later in the movie we see at his home residence and just the things that he's into and all that jazz i would assume that this is a second hand watch that's a fun phrase uh <laughs> a hand-me-down watch a used watch you know whatever um yeah but the fact that he has there's two things one it's a calculator watch mm-hmm. that could be you know just another side of of a character trait or or uh you know defining personality of him that they wanted to add in of of him just having the calculator watch and all of the um tropes that come with 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 one who would wear a calculator a watch <laughs> yeah that type of you know shtick um but also it's a digital watch. Now, why would a speedster, a being capable of manipulating space and time around him and doing whatever he wanted to, why would he need a watch? I understand of, uh, you know, having to be places on time in the alter ego sense and yada, yada, yada. But just that idea of a speedster which, with a watch is kind of counterintuitive. Um in 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 so many ways there's there's the bigger you know freudian aspect of of having the watch being something that does control human beings and and time being the all uh you know controlling factor in in every human's life and this character that can take that concept and throw it out the window has no need for it because he can make his own you know that kind of deal there's there's that side of it um speedster with the watch is very fun to think about but it's a digital watch. And in other things that we know of, like speedsters and watches or time travel and watches or whatever, there's always a level of manipulation to that, you mm-hmm. know? There's always a level of, yeah, the, the, the interstellar, Matthew McConaughey. He, he gave yeah. his daughter the watch. It's like, well, compare the times when I come back. Time moves more slowly, all that stuff. When you play with... with speed and and time manipulation stuff like that they usually do things to the watch it's usually like you know slower or it's a different time or whatever but i was always under the impression that that was because of how the watch was made and comprised of the gears and the springs and and how that thing actually mechanically works Mm -hmm. digital watches are not the same so my just like stupid mind of thinking like oh snap if he's wearing a digital watch that thing's constantly gonna be the same thing like there's no chance that that thing could like change you know miss ticks or anything there's it's not going to be slowing when he's in the speed force because it's just the digital readout um i thought that was kind of cool but i 
I don't think that's right. I think there's I think there's holes in that because you know, if a if a gear watch was able to mess up then I will say I think I think they did think a lot about, you know, the watch that he would wear. And again, this this goes to like my idea of like anyone else doing a Justice League movie or a Flash movie or a Speedster and him wearing a watch and them just being like Okay, well, you know, it's a 2016 movie. We're going to give the young kid of the group a very modern watch. You know, let's give him an Apple Watch. Or if he's going to wear an old-timey watch, now we got to make it a big deal and give him something truly vintage and make it look vintage. And, like, so he would have one way, one extremity of the, or the other about what kind of watch he wears. And here, this still goes, this still fits into kind of, like, the out of time aesthetic of the scene that we've been talking about that Zack Snyder has created here um, with the truck driver, with Iris West, with her cutlass, with the bike that was attached to the, the, the street pole and the hot dog cart, all these things, even and, and down to the way that both Iris and Barry dress in this scene, how of its own time period it looks, it still fits that aesthetic. And then also, you know, just kind of creates this image and you know if there's you know in the next flash movie i'll be probably looking at what kind of watch he's wearing if he's wearing a watch and then being Mm -hmm. like is he just now wearing an apple watch or people just like oh yeah give superheroes like you know stuff prototype modern technology concept things like concept cars and concept watches that we normal people can't wear um and it's stuff like that. It would just be like, oh, okay, well, now it doesn't now it doesn't mean anything. Now you just mm-hmm. put products on on the character, and it doesn't add to the overall symbology of the character. Symbolism. Mm-hmm. One hundred and one, <laughs> first grade SpongeBob. Yeah, it's fascinating. And you know, he you know Zack Snyder did Watchmen, so everything about uh, Doctor Manhattan and being a watchmaker, you could be onto something, Nate. So I definitely agree with you. I think they put time into exactly which watch um, Barry Allen would be wearing. So I think it's fascinating. I'm glad you pointed out. Do calculator out. watches ever, uh, do they ever pique your interest? No, I don't know a thing about them. Would you, was there ever a point in your life in school where you were like, dang, I wish I had a calculator watch? No. No, I didn't really care. I was I was never really into um, technology in that regard. Like, I was never into calculator watches or Blackberries or anything of the sort. Um, I didn't get my first watch until I turned 13. So, <laughs> and when my dad got me one, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one of those hit the button and it lights up at night and yep. had different alarms you could set on it and it looked really cool. And, you know, I, at the time I was going through like a whole Japan and anime phase during that time. So I thought having a watch like that was one of the coolest techie things at the time, but it was nothing like business oriented or actual productivity enhancing kind of thing. So I never really thought about it. Um, and then I, we were talking, we talked a bit about watches in Wonder Woman Minute as well, and how Steve Trevor's watch, I mean, it plays a huge part in the film, uh, and how important time is, but he had a really cool watch where his leather wristband was a holder for a pocket watch. Mm-hmm. And so the watch that's on his wrist is a pocket watch, but it's pocketed into that wristband that's a cool concept that i think they should still be doing now i think that's a great idea that would be really cool uh and i said this before but like if apple watches or smart watches you could pop out put a chain on it yeah maybe you could have a pocket watch apple watch like in real life if you wanted to that would be kind of neat and then they're going to come out with some little rubber thing that you can just put the apple watch in and it's got like a little string on the end of it yeah and I know you can pop out the train conductor, the wristband, if you wanted to. But it's like just the idea of that. Like I think that's such a cool concept. Bring that back. Give it six months; it'll be out. Yeah. If you want to wear analog watches again, they should get those little uh, wrist pockets for them. It's very cool. 
Um, the very last note I have is, you know, this is the part where he starts looking at the hot dog and he goes to reach for it. My only note here was, not a pretty hot dog. <laughs> not a pretty hot dog? No. I know we're talking about food, but the hamburger looked good. Yeah. I'm more of a hamburger guy. I love a good hot dog. This hot dog, not feeling it. Not that great. Nah. But I think they're uncooked. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's like they're in that, you know, probably boiling them. Yeah. Like the little bit of water that they do in those carts. Yeah. You know Just what I mean? steaming them. Yeah. Steamed hot dogs. But like dogs. they're still sitting in the water. Like the bottom ones are still sitting in the water, but like all the top ones are getting steamed. Which is fine. Like, yeah, those are fine. But like when, you know, end of the day, I don't want one of those hot dogs. Yeah. Um, I'm this part came as a surprise to many. Uh, I just took it as, you know, I, I, just thinking about just this moment. I don't want to talk about like tomorrow's minute or anything and like what the result of this hot dog is. But having this song and having this moment, everything that we just talked about, and then he's kind of just like, oh yeah, I'm going to reach for this hot dog. Mm-hmm. I took it the same way as I took like the Visitor Ronda Rosu, Rotsensenda Rosu from the Icelandic song that they sing to Aquaman. I took it the same way where when I first heard it, I was like, this is weird. And I know that this is intentional. Yeah. Why? And then I started to think about it. And then that part made sense for Aquaman. And, you know, every other part that's happened in this movie so far. This right here, I was like, hmm, they made this decision for him to reach for this hot dog. It's absurd. And I knowing Zack Snyder, like, why did he choose something absurd? That was what was going through my head at this very moment. So, I don't know. Were you, like, off-put when he start, first started reaching for the hot dog or noticed it? Were you kind of just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's going on It was on definitely a, a point of interest because it's the collective question of what the F? Like, should this be um, funny? Should this? Yeah, it's just like, because I was so infatuated of what was happening with the speed and, and Iris and the danger and, and, and seeing this, you know, being, you mm-hmm. know, be a god in front of my eyes. And then it was like very quickly of just like, what? Mm-hmm. Just like that of what? Like with a with a with a, I'm about to laugh. Like it's like I, I think this is funny. Is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be? Yeah. Obviously, thinking the intent is 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 something. Um, but some people can't get down with it. Vie. Yeah. Yeah. Some honestly, people. Some people are like, man. Zack Snyder had a slow motion hot dog in his movie. That's all you need to know about this movie. It's like, it's like, okay, that you're missing the point of the hot dog. But like that right there, don't you want to see a slow motion hot dog? And (laughs) you're going to be like, wait, why is everybody talking about the slow motion hot dog? I got to see the slow motion hot dog. We're talking about the slow motion sesame seed at first. Yeah. I was a huge advocate of the slow motion sesame seed. The slow motion hot dog being what it is like i understand it i understand it in the movie's context like what happens to it but here i'm thinking like initial reaction like now why do they have to have this hot dog pit are they trying to inject humor into the scene yep or initial thing was 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 off put and questioning and a little bit uh just like you chose a hot dog, like one of those. Just like you're, you're, you rethink all the decisions, and you're just like questioning of of why, what's going on here. Because it would make um, sense if like there's a sharp piece of metal flying at her, and then he's kind of like, let's move that out of the way, you know? Or like a hot dog, he might be like, let's move the flying hot dog away from her. But you know, he's kind of like, ooh, a hot dog, and it's like, I don't think it's like an attention deficit disorder type thing where he's like, oh, I like hot dog. I don't think it's like that. And I think a lot of people want to gravitate to that being the first thought of like, oh, look at him. He's so wacky and crazy. He's going Yeah, up. like a Goku type thing. Yeah. I, You know, now that we know, it's more of like, oh, this is how 
calculated. Yeah. He is. <laughs> <laughs> this is like how his mind is working and processing all of this and what is his plan afterwards. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah. That that plays out. That is worth it. So now I think it's more of like it's not meant to be funny. I think it's more to be like, yeah, this is how out of the box I need you to think. I need you guys to to just you know keep Stay up with here. me here. Keep up, yeah. keep up. And so people are like, oh, what is this? I don't understand it. Is it supposed to be funny? Because I don't understand it. It's like, no, it's not supposed to be funny. No, it's supposed to play into something later. But you need to pay attention. This is if why it was we're supposed to be things. funny. It'd be a vegetable cart. You know, it'd, it'd be it'd be a, a roadside stand of flowers, and they'd be. Mm-hmm. That'd be something else. Flowers, and then there's slow motion flowers in front of Iris, and then that's a whole nother imagery. But anyway, yeah. it was hot dogs. We've seen it's someone hot dogs slow for down. a reason. We've seen Quicksilver do the slow motion comedy bit, which yeah. that is a great speedster. That uh, you know, we've talked about all the other Quicksilver, Age of Ultron, or CW's Flash, but the Quicksilver from Days of Futures Past was like primo. Like they nailed that was, it first. That was excellent. That was yeah. before we saw any of this, and it was like, okay. Mm-hmm. You got Speedster down. Yeah. You you got it and it it works and it was funny. Yeah. They did it all. They with that especially with that that version of Quicksilver, they they nailed it. Um how he would move people, how would he inject the humor into the slow motion, moving things around, just how crazy that power is for a speedster. Like they did it all. Um they do it well in the other one as well, Apocalypse, when he's saving the mutants from the Academy. Um, yeah, another so. good, not as not no, not as good as Days of Futures Past, but not still, as good, but on it was par. Still, yeah, it was. They had to do it again because of how good the last one was. It was one of those things like, oh, he's he's going to be in the next yeah. one, so we have to have another Quicksilver moment, which is and phenomenal. That's it, and that's all he gets. <laughs> I think he gets which one in true. Dark Phoenix. I haven't seen it, but I didn't see Dark Phoenix, but yeah. he gets the. They do the one, and then they move away from him for like the rest of the movie. Yeah, I think he when he shows up in Apocalypse is him doing that exact thing right away, which is weird. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll get more into hot dog talk tomorrow. Okay, um, but okay. If, let's uh, let's wrap it here for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DC EU Minutes. And the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us to talk about hot dogs or anything else that we've talked about in the past. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 73 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.